Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Congratulations on getting through your 9 to 5. Thank you so much for listening. It is The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Karen Harrison. Happy to be here. Rob Brinton here as well. He is also very happy to be here. We got a lot to get into over the course of the next hour or so. Earlier today, we were joined by Josh Vernier to talk about Seth Lugo, who just got signed by the Kansas City Royals. We'll play for you what he had to say about the newest edition of the team. The Royals are out here making moves. Why don't we just make this the de facto hit number one and let's just get to it. The Royals have certainly been putting a lot of feelers out there over the course of the last 48 to 72 hours that they were interested in making a move. And you know what? They go out and they make a move. They get Seth Lugo, who let me give you his information. Last year, he pitched for the San Diego Padres and he put together a really good year. They signed him to a, to a three-year $45 million deal. He was eight and seven last year with a three, five, seven ERA. He made 26 starts and he pitched 146.1 innings. He was very, very good last year. It seems very simple to me. We know what the Royals budget is. We know that we can talk about the economics of baseball. Cause I certainly have a lot of thoughts about the Shohei Otani thing and I don't know how baseball sees this as a model that really works for all the teams. It's certainly great if you're the Yankees or the Mets or the Dodgers or one of those kind of teams. It doesn't seem like this model benefits all of the teams, which I kind of thought was the goal, but maybe I'm wrong in that. So we know the kind of range that the Royals are going to have to play in to add talent to the team. The Royals have went out and they've made an addition to the bullpen, picking up Will Smith. They have made other additions to the bullpen. Now they go out and they make this trade to go pick up Seth Lugo. You pay him a three-year, $45 million deal, 15 per, and I think you add some stability to that rotation. I don't think that they're done. They've been linked to a couple of different starters. They've been linked to Lucas Giolito. They've been linked to Marcus Stroman. They've been linked to a couple of different guys. I think the Royals are going to be viable players in free agency. Are they ever going to be able to swim in the deep end of the pool? Well, we know that's not the case. But I do think that the Royals are taking some of the necessary steps to build a contending team. I don't think the Royals are making the postseason next year. I don't think that's the goal or the expectation for the Royals. But at some point, you got to start taking steps and you got to start showing good faith to the fan base that you are trying and pushing your team in the right direction. 
I think they're trying. You need more moves than just Seth Lugo. You need more moves than just Will Smith, the 35-year-old reliever. But can you leave this summer, or excuse me, this winter, these winter meetings, can you leave with two quality starting pitchers, a couple of quality arms out of the bullpen, and are you willing to make one sort of impact trade to shake things up a little bit? I think if the Royals do that and we are heading into 2024 and we're talking about a new look rotation, a new look bullpen, and they have maybe traded one of their younger pieces for a chance to really do something down the, down the line, I think I'd be fine with that heading into the season. And I think that puts them on a path where they could win 72 to 77 games next year. I'm not saying it is impossible. We just saw based on this World Series, it is not impossible. But I don't think the Royals are going from where they are to the wild card next year. There's probably going to be a step somewhere in the middle. Could 2024 be that step? We've been talking about that step with the Royals. I feel like for the last five years, how the next season is going to be that stepping stone season. Well, what do we need to do to get there? Again, we're not asking them to make the playoffs next year. Can you be viable? They weren't viable this year. They were never over 500 at any point. And by the time the NFL draft wrapped up, they had been completely eliminated from really giving you any meaningful baseball over the course of the summer. So I think this is a step in the right direction. I applaud them for this move, but I think we also need to let them know this isn't enough. You got to keep going. You got to be willing to go sign a Strowman. You got to be willing to make a Lucas Giolito move. You got to be willing to make a couple of moves and put yourself in a position where you can be competitive next season. And I think they are headed down that path. This is the Royals taking a step in the right direction. I'm not saying this makes it so they're a 105 win team. I'm not saying this means that you are going to be locked into them on Labor Day more than you are the Chiefs when they open their season in 2024. I'm not even saying this has to change your opinion on a downtown stadium or change your opinion on John Sherman. If you have locked into a certain thought process, Seth Lugo's not changing your mindset. But basically, since the run ended, all we have ever wanted the Royals to do is just be viable. To look at it through the sphere of how me and you do it, Carrington, with the show, and maybe this little inside baseball, it doesn't matter. You know what we cheer for every year? Be viable, be competitive, be interesting into August. Get us to August. GTA, get to August. Because it is thin times in Kansas City if in June and July, me and you are doing two Americas lunch bits once a week because we can't talk about the local baseball team because the only way to do it is to smoke them for losing 139 games. I do like those bits in the summer. Though. I mean, we can do both. Yeah, but I do like those bits. We have to create them on June 1st. We start doing, hey, is Memorial Day overrated on May 15th because there is nothing to talk about with the local sports organization. We have the NBA Minute, and that's it. That's our content in the summer. I would love to be able to talk about a team Hey, they're five under 500, but their next eight games are against teams with losing records. Could the Royals bounce back and get back over 500? Hey, they had a cool walk-off last night. What's fan buy-in like? I would like to have those conversations, but we have never had them in the last seven seasons of baseball because by the time the, everyone gets back from their lake trip at the end of May, baseball season's over. So get to August. 
get to August and be interesting and be viable. And I think the fan base will understand and appreciate you clearing that hurdle. It will lead to another hurdle to clear and it will lead to more expectations. And that's fine. That's the life you signed up for, but let's clear the low hurdles first. I would like the Royals to get to the point where we are talking about the present. It's not good to always be talking about the next recruiting class. You want to know what that means? That means the current recruiting classes haven't been really performing that well. If you're constantly, hey, man, we got a couple of kids coming in next year. Well, what about the kids you got last? You said that about the last three recruiting classes. That was supposed to be the one. That's what Texas A&M does. I want to start talking about the Royals in the present day and where they currently are. Now, again, I'm not saying that Seth Lugo, the one move, is now unlocking some level of potential from the Royals. But it's a start. It's a building block. And I also understand, just based on looking at the text line, the Royals have to build that up over time. And that conversation isn't going to end itself in the middle of December. That's something they got to prove to you once baseball season starts. But I think we've seen, I think Kansas City has shown this, the moment you give them any reason to buy in, people will get behind it. I think people want to support the Royals. I think they got to give you a reason to support them. Earlier today, we had Vern on the show. Here's what he said about Seth Lugo, the newest addition to the Royals. Uh, Righty, nice hook. Uh, He'll be 30, or he just turned 34, so you you get him for your... Uh, age 34, 35, 36 season. He uh, came up, debuted with the Mets, was with the Mets for a number of years, uh, signed a two-year deal with the Padres last year, two years for $15 million total. Uh, but for the first time in his career, he went out there and proved that he can be a starting pitcher. Made 26 starts, 140-plus innings, uh, uh, more than a dozen quality starts. So he took the ball. Uh, in, a, in a very disappointing season for the Padres, he w- in the, you know, along with Blake Snell, uh, he was able to be somewhat of a stabilizing figure. Um, but again, he had someone like Blake Snell and, and other big names to kind of lead that rotation. He could slot into the number three, number four uh, in that rotation, but he, he proved that he was able to be a starting pitcher. So instead of going back and making $7.5 million, he opted out. And instead of making $15 million over two years, he's getting $15 million every single season. But again, that, that's the going rate. I mean, that's the game. We want the Royals to spend more money. They did that today. Three years, $45 million for Seth Lugo. One more cut from Vern, and we'll get back to football here. Vern says that he doesn't think this is it. He thinks that the Royals are going to make a couple additions. J.J., uh, in talking with him last night, he said he expects uh, most of the action to be complete by Christmas. So, yeah, over the next two weeks, you, you, would, you would hope that everything is complete, but uh, things are fluid, as you're seeing. Things uh, happening quick over the past 72, 96 hours. Um, uh, can, can they go, can they go and, and spend and, and bring in another $15 million a year free agent starting pitcher? Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. Spend all the money. It, it doesn't bother me. Are, are they likely to do it that way? Um, I, I don't think so. It, it, all signs point to them acquiring that other starting pitcher via a trade. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe it's happening right now while we're talking. Someone on the text line says, this signing feels a lot like Jason Vargas to me. I, 
I don't really think that that's that bad, to be completely honest with you. I mean, if you got Scott Vargas out or excuse me, Jason Vargas out of this, I, I don't think that that's that bad. I mean, in 2014, he made 30 starts, had a sub four ERA and pitched 187 innings in 2017. Now he had some injuries there in the middle. Obviously, you don't want that to happen on a three-year deal. I mean, his two seasons of fully starting for the Royals, another season, he had a 4-1-6 ERA. He pitched 32 starts, gave you 179 innings and had a 4-1-6 ERA. I don't think having Jason Vargas is that bad on this team. It's consistency. It's a guy that you trust every fifth day to go out there and eat up quality innings for you. If you get Jason Vargas two out of these next three years from Seth Lugo, I I think you're more than happy with the signing with where you are. I think a lot of times, and I know it's not college sports, you got to be realistic about who you are and who you can attract. You're not getting the five-star quarterback for the most part. That kid's probably going to Alabama. That kid's probably going to USC. No, you need to really focus in on those two and three stars and how you can coach those kids up. And occasionally you'll get a four, but you probably got to draft that kid, a Bobby Wood Jr. You got to develop them and you got to sign them real early. We all know the financial limitations that the Royals play under, that it's different for them than it is for most other teams in baseball. It's not impossible. We see other teams break through the mold. You just got to be smart about your signings. I think this is a good, reasonable swing for the Kansas City Royals, and we'll see if it works. All right, Rob, let's get to the hits. While you're stuck in traffic on your drive home, The Drive gets you caught up on the biggest sports stories in Kansas City and around the country. It's The Hits, only on The Drive, number one. Well, Kansas City's always hits are brought to you by Underlaw Injury Lawyer. Visit GetJim.com. Well, the tops of the day in Kansas City is actually you, my friend. You made some noise, some news, some notes on ESPN, on FS1, on all the shows today when yesterday you asked Patrick Mahomes about if he has any regrets about his outburst on the sideline. He said this on yesterday's show. You know, obviously, you don't want to react that way. I just, I mean, I care, man. I love it. I love, I love this game. I love my teammates, and I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. Um, but uh, obviously can't can't do that. I mean, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in, in life. Um, so I probably regret acting like that. Um, but more than anything, I mean, I, re- I regretted the way I, I acted towards uh, Josh after the game because he had nothing, nothing to do with it. And um, so I, I was uh, I, I was still hot and emotional. Um, but you can't do that, man. It's not a great example uh, for for kids watching the game, so uh, that, that that was more upset about that than I was about me on the sideline. Now, first and foremost, sorry for ruining your mentions by tagging you with that. But secondarily, is it good that Patrick Mahomes has apologized for being this level of competitive, this level of heated, this level of angry on the sideline, or is that just who we signed up for as Chiefs fans? We want him to be the competitive, you know what, Eric Bieniemy talked about. Sometimes I think that. We want certain things, but don't maybe want the qualities and characteristics that come with it. I think we all know how competitive Patrick Mahomes is as a person. Sometimes that ultra competitive person, when they lose and don't get their way, they react in a way that is unfavorable. How many of you playing a video game have broken a controller before? Or how many times where you got mad that you were losing in a board game and you flipped the board over? We all know somebody that's like that in our lives. doesn't make you a bad person. I don't think anyone's saying that about Patrick Mahomes. You just know that that person doesn't really handle losing very well. You haven't really seen Patrick Mahomes do a lot of losing since he's been the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
this is the most that they've lost since he's been here. If they lose one more game between now and the end of the season, it will be the first time since Andy Reid has been the head coach that they haven't hit the over on their win-loss total. We are almost at a point of something that has never happened, that the Chiefs have underperformed in the regular season based on their own expectations. I believe that Patrick is used to a certain standard and the team and himself are not living up to it. And that's a frustrating thing to have happen. I just think this is just part of the game. And if you're going to tell me that over the six years that he has been the starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, if the worst thing that's happened is he got too mad on the sidelines, I'll take it. I will always live with it's easier to turn a guy down and turn down his intensity than to turn a guy up. You either got it or you don't. We all know the people that you got to motivate in certain scenarios. You shouldn't have to do that. I'd much rather be in a position where I got to tone down your excitement and your enthusiasm than I have to put those things into you. You don't got to tell Patrick Mahomes to be competitive in these scenarios. I believe he cares. I believe he will do anything that it takes to win. And it's frustrating to lose games in the way that they have lost games over the course of this stretch. Whether it was last week against the Green Bay Packers, whether it was a couple of days ago against the Buffalo Bills, whether it's not executing against the Philadelphia Eagles, they have lost in a bunch of different ways in the last six weeks. That's why I really want to see how they're going to respond down the stretch. This is one of the most favorable stretches in the regular season that this quarterback and this team have ever had. Look at the teams that they're playing. Look at the quarterbacks that they're playing. They are not playing a current team, like a team right now, that their quarterback will be starting for them next season or starting anywhere next season. Bailey Zappi is not starting in the NFL next year. Aiden O'Connell is not starting in the NFL next season. Easton Stick, what the hell is an Easton Stick? And Jake Browning, I should think Jake Browning might not be that bad. But this is a stretch for the Chiefs to get right. This is the stretch for them to try to clean up some of the mistakes, start playing with a little bit of momentum as they start heading into the postseason. Because it's go time. We got a month left in the NFL regular season. One month, four games for every team in the league. I believe we're done with bye weeks. This is it. It's December. It's Christmas time. We're less than two weeks away from Christmas. It's time to go. Two. Two. You mentioned those injuries. Justin Herbert, the latest player who is now out for the season. He has been IR'd. Carrington, I know you mentioned the Chiefs skips on the stretch and how it looks very easy on paper now because they're all playing backup quarterbacks. But from the league at large, from a 10,000-foot view, is this good for the league that suddenly we have more quarterbacks on the IR than we do on the field that are actually watchable going into these games on Sundays? Rob, what kind of... This is bad for the league. You know this. Look at the AFC right now. It's a mash unit. Everybody's starting a backup quarterback this week. We're at the point now that out of the 32 teams, if CJ Stroud doesn't clear concussion protocol, we will be at 15 of the 32 teams in the National Football League this week are going to start backup quarterbacks. The league ain't that good at quarterback when it's the original 32. Now we're trying to go 50 deep on quarterback. League ain't that good at quarterback. I'm telling you, it is not that good at the position. You guys are watching the same NFL that I'm watching. We just watched a three to nothing football game. Don't talk to me about defenses are catching up. I've seen that Las Vegas Raiders defense. It ain't that good. 
It ain't that good enough to hold a team to three points, not over 60 minutes. That Minnesota defense, it ain't good enough to pitch a whole shutout. It's a lot of bad offenses currently in the National Football League. Not a lot of great defenses. This is just one of those years that everything that could go wrong for the quarterback position has gone wrong for the quarterback position. It's been bad. And Rob, that's why I just... I don't know how you can be fully out on the Chiefs. They are not the favorite as of now. I don't know what's going to happen this next month. But right as we sit here one month ago, they are not the favorite. They are not the co-favorites to me to go to the Super Bowl. Baltimore is better than them. Now, I don't think Miami is better than Kansas City. I don't care that they have more wins. I just, you know how I feel about Miami. I don't think that Jacksonville is better than them. Now, I would say that this Chiefs team, more so than any team we've seen during the Mahomes era, this Chiefs team could lose to anybody. Like, I don't want to hear that, well, we got Patrick Mahomes. You're right. They do have Patrick Mahomes. I'm not denying you there. It's crazy to think that Cleveland could beat this Chiefs team. How can it be crazy? Cleveland has allowed fewer points than Kansas City's defense, and Kansas City's only scored three more points than them this year in a far more competitive division. The Chiefs and the Browns are not that far off from each other. They have the same record. They're not that far away from each other. You're telling me it's crazy to think that Indianapolis beats this team? It's just crazy. It's crazy to think that Denver comes in here in a wild card scenario and could beat the Chiefs? I'm not saying this could happen, but this is the with the this is the most with the pack that the Chiefs have been during the Patrick Mahomes era, even when their defense was terrible. Even then, you knew they were going to hang a 35 spot on your head, and you had to keep up with that, and you just weren't you weren't keeping up with it. But this team, they are still very close to the top, I would argue. If you're telling me Philadelphia still has a chance, why doesn't Kansas City still have a chance? If you're telling me Miami has a chance, why does Kansas City not have a chance? But this is the most like all the others that Kansas City has been since Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback. There is no real separation from them and the teams that you think are pretenders in the league. There's no real separation from Kansas City and the Lions. None. Not this year. I understand that point when compared to the rest of the league. But, Carrington, we've been watching the NFL for a long time. We've watched the Chiefs for a long time. When you look at this Chiefs team, don't look at the wider scope of the league. Look at the Chiefs team. Do they have the look? Do they have the feel? Are they playing on December 12th like a team that looks and feels like a Super Bowl champion? Because I would even tell all the fans, like, well, they were 6-4 and when they lost the Titans in 2019. Yeah, and then they got red hot. Their defense came along, and they beat the brakes off the Chargers in Oh, they beat the Chargers in Mexico City. Then they beat the brakes off the Raiders later that season. They then beat the Chargers at home to then get the two seed. They started playing really good football in December right after Thanksgiving. We were no longer talking about little skids and skirmishes and problems. We were talking about, whoa, here they come. Watch out. 2020. Obviously, the whole season was that. Even 2021, when they had their three and four start, and we went, huh, this team's a little different. They got hot, and they were great down the stretch outside of a loss at Cincinnati. Last season, same way. In December, it felt like, oh, they're peaking. Watch out. I mean, outside DeMar Hamlin being the largest story in the world, the second biggest story in the NFL was, oh, the Chiefs are peaking again. 
And the Chiefs have figured it out again. And Mahomes is the MVP again. Their next game will be on December what? 18th, 17th. And there are thoughts that it might be a tough slug fest, grind it out. Vegas has the over under at 37 with the hapless Patriots. They do not feel or look like a team that is Super Bowl quality. So you're right. When I expand my horizon, a lot of teams have flaws, but I've seen what Super Bowl teams look like in Kansas City, and that's not one of them. All right. I, I know we're coming up a break. Let's give me five more minutes here. Let's talk about it now. I don't want to now. Hey, what's up on the other side? I don't want to do a break like that. You got to answer me this question then. How many teams fit the criteria of what you were talking about? I don't disagree with anything you just said about the Chiefs. The Chiefs that we saw play the Packers and the Chiefs that we saw play the Bills are not a Super Bowl contending team. I don't disagree with you there. But you ought to, you have to also ask me, as we are heading into the final month of the NFL season, out of the 32 teams, which teams do you think look like that? Because I would say right now there are three. It is Baltimore, Dallas, and San Francisco. That's it. You can't argue Philadelphia looks that way. You can't argue Detroit looks that way. You can't argue Kansas City. You can't argue Miami. You can't argue Jacksonville. Are you telling me there's only three teams that you think can win the Super Bowl? Because I think history would tell you one of the one of those two teams between Baltimore and San Francisco probably ain't going to the Super Bowl. We got a month to go. A lot can happen. An injury here, a bad call here. There's a lot that can happen between now and that last weekend in January when we finally figure out who's going to Las Vegas to play in the Super Bowl. So if you're telling me that you think it's only three teams that can win the Super Bowl, okay. But if you're going to say that about Kansas City, then we got to put 28 other teams, 29 other teams in the NFL in that same category as they are. Because the only teams playing at that, there's one team playing one team in the AFC that looks like they can win the Super Bowl, and that's Baltimore. You riding with Lamar? Because history tells you not to be on that side. Now, maybe this is the year that you got to do it. You riding with Brock Purdy? You riding with Dak Prescott? We're at that point with the Cowboys that we're willing to erase everything that we have seen with the Dallas Cowboys, and you're telling me that the Cowboys are one of the few teams that can win the Super Bowl? knowing how shaky they've been and also knowing that they can't beat the one seed in their own conference. So who do you got? You telling me you think the Super Bowl is Baltimore against San Francisco? Or is there probably going to be one more plot twist that happens in this NFL season? Because I'm going to side with the plot twist. Even if I'm going to take the easy way out and tell you that I don't know who that team is going to be right now. I don't know how you know who that team is going to be with how weird this NFL season is. I don't think that many of these teams are good. Who's good in the NFL? You're telling me that Philadelphia is good? We've been watching this Philadelphia team. You believe Philadelphia is good? But I saw them get the brakes beat off them the last two weeks against good teams. San Fran- like the actual good team, San Francisco and Dallas, the two best teams in the NFC. They got beat 42 to 19 and 33 to 13. They weren't competitive in either game. If that's one of the good teams, it's wide open this year. I will probably take the Ravens to answer your question. And to further that, one of the reasons why is, is because as NFL fans, even though the league is down this year, you're always one that tells me the state out loud test. So let's play the state out loud test of the chiefs. They are 
a game and a half up in their division and have the same record as a wild card team in December. Does that team smell like a Super Bowl champion when you get the say it out loud test? Let's do the same thing with the Ravens. They have the best record in the AFC and they are winning their division, which has right now three playoff teams in it. That seems like when you do the say it out loud test, one of those teams definitely passes as Super Bowl quality. The other one sounds like a team that we've seen in Kansas City a whole bunch of times. Hey, you go 10 and 6 with the AFC West. That's cool. You get a home game, bounced, bye bye. See you later. It's called the Prima Holmes era. Kansas City knows it very, very well. It's called the Matt Castle era. So you're the one that tells me the State Out Loud test. The Chiefs, as a Super Bowl contender, don't pass the State Out Loud test. I don't know who's going to get them. But I know they aren't good enough to just be held to a higher standard of, oh, well, if the Colts come in here, mark it down, W. Hold on. That might be a who knows game. The fact that there are people who are very smart, like Peter King, who've been covering this league since he wrote about it with a rock and chisel, are saying this weekend's game might be tough for the Chiefs. You never know. Against Bailey Zappi, Super Bowl teams don't have NFL power brokers and journalists thinking to themselves that might be a ball game because of the chiefs. So I agree. Everyone's watered down. It's hard to identify the one. There is no shining light among all the murkiness, but I know part of the murkiness is the chiefs and they do not appear to be getting shining anytime soon. All right, let's keep this conversation coming up on the other side because I think I have a cross-sport comparison that I think you will understand and that can really register with you about what I think could potentially happen and why I'm still in on the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll explain it on the other side. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by De Pasquale Moore. Remember, Mike's got this. Don't forget to catch Odyssey NFL insider Peter King every Tuesday at 4 p.m. right here on 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Kansas City, it's George Carlotis, and you're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Someone on the text line said, So Rob doesn't think that the Chiefs can win the Super Bowl. I'm still on the side that they can. I agree that things don't look great right now, but 
I would say that's the National Football League. This is the comparison that I would make. You know there's some years going into the NCAA tournament where there's two teams like Baylor and Gonzaga a couple years ago that I don't really care about talking about the other teams because it is fairly obvious that these two teams are better than all the other teams. Now, maybe you would argue that that team is San Francisco, but they also are in the NFC. We'd be having a very different conversation if Kansas City was in line to go on the road to San Francisco in the AFC championship game. I'd be picking San Francisco to win that game. But what if this year in the AFC is like last year's NCAA tournament? UConn was a four seed. UConn got hot at the exact right time to get hot and went on a run. UConn was a blue blood. It's not like anyone is surprised that Connecticut won the NCAA tournament. You just didn't think that UConn team was going to be one that advanced and made a run in the NCAA tournament. What if that's the Chiefs? There's one team in the AFC that we think is good. I'm not worried about Miami. I'm not worried about Jacksonville. I'm not saying you can't lose to those teams, but if you were asking me today, how many teams in the AFC do you think are better than Kansas City? The answer is one, and I think that's Baltimore. And I think they've earned that. They have been more consistent this season. I think their roster is better. I think they have better talent than what Kansas City does. But we're also talking about a single elimination tournament. There's some years in which the, quote, right team wins the NCAA tournament. There's some years where Kentucky wins it, and they got Anthony Davis and Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, and they run through the NCAA tournament, and you know that's the best team. But we also know that's not the case all the time. What if that's what happens in the NFL? Especially this year when nothing makes sense. Nothing. You're telling me that it'd be crazy if Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl this year? I mean, I saw Philadelphia do it with Nick Foles. How is that any different than Cincinnati with Jake Browning? I'm just saying maybe this is the year where something weird happens. Maybe. And maybe the Chiefs are the team that benefit from something weird happening. I love the NCAA tournament comparison from last season. I'll, I'll stick with it. Because you're right. It could be a weird postseason. We could see all sorts of craziness happen. What was a couple of years ago? We saw what the Niners were in LA for the six versus five seed in the NFC title game. And then the NFC was weird that year. I, I think the AFC could lend itself to being weird. Let's see where the NCAA tournament gets weird sometimes. But in that weirdness world, aren't the Chiefs a team that's a two seed that lives off reputation to be a two seed? And they probably should have been, eh, I mean, a little lower seeded but they live off reputation, but they get, oh boy, they take an early loss because it's all reputation and a team that is probably not as far down the seating line gets them. Look at last year in the NCAA tournament to make your comparison work. Texas last year was a two seed in Kansas City. Everyone felt like, ooh, Texas got a good draw. If Texas gets hot, watch out for Texas. They got pros. They're playing good basketball. Ooh, watch out. Here comes Texas. You know, Texas was the Elite Eight, so maybe not a perfect comparison. But they didn't make the Final Four because a lesser team got them one day. Because even though Texas had the path open up and everyone thought, oh, they're peaking at the right time, they still lost. Isn't that what the Chiefs could be? 
except for they're not peaking at the right time. They're an overseeded two. They're an overseeded three living off reputation and a team that is not that much worse than them goes out and gets them early in the tournament. hundred percent. As I'm saying, I don't disagree with what you're saying about the chiefs. I really don't. The chiefs could lose in the wild card round, or they could go to the super bowl. This is the first chiefs team that we felt that way about. It can go either way. That's why I think this next month, you're not going to be able to convince if they lose to one of these next four teams, you got it. There's no reason to lose to these teams. It's one thing to lose to Philadelphia. It's another thing to lose on the road to green Bay on a Sunday night football game. It's one thing to lose to Buffalo. There ain't no excuse to lose to the Raiders at home. None. There's no excuse to lose on the road against Easton stick in a game in which will have no meaning for the chargers. And you're going to have 60%, 70% of the fans in attendance. There ain't no reason to lose to them. If the chiefs lose any of these games over the course of the next month, I will change my tone about the chiefs and where they are. I promise you. I know Peter King earlier was saying, Hey, the Patriots are going to be tough, bro. The Patriots are one of the three worst teams in the league. I don't want to hear this any given Sunday. It's the road. Nah, man. You're a double-digit favorite. You're playing to win the division. If they lose on Sunday to the Patriots, to hell with can they win the Super Bowl? Are they winning the AFC West? Are they playing all their playoff games on the road? Right now, we could at least be talking about, hey, you never know what could happen. Maybe they play their first game at home. You never know. Maybe they play their second game. You don't know what could happen. If they lose on Sunday to the Patriots, all bets are off, and they could be playing zero home games. I would say, Mason, me holding the Chiefs to a very unfair standard, I don't know there's anything win-wise Sunday that will change my opinion about the Chiefs. I agree with you on a loss. If they lose, I look forward to you, the text line, Twitter, X, Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> whatever, joining my side about how, hey, they ain't, they're not Super Bowl good. Oh. But if they win, if they win a casual 24 to 9, are people going to be like, oh, now I'm all in on this team because they beat Bailey Zappi? May I'm holding them an unfair, an unfair standard, but there's nothing they can do win wise that will change my opinion I, on Sunday. I really don't even know if it's about beating Bailey Zappi as much as, I mean, their offense hasn't looked good. Their offense has looked good two times this year. Their offense looked good against the Chargers and the Bears. I want to see him score 27 points. Can they score 27? Can they score 27? Can they average 27 points for the next month of the season? I'll feel good about that. That ain't got nothing to do with the quarterback on the other side. Can they average 27 points over the next month of the season against the teams that they're playing? The Raiders defense, not it's come on now, but they just shut out Joshua Dobbs. No, everyone's favorite quarterback. No, no, thanks. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Also, I'm down on the Chiefs schedule, but the Bengals game will low-key be tough. Like, Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Cincinnati can come in here and beat Kansas City. I don't, I don't care that they don't have Joe Burrow. If you've been watching Cincinnati for the last two weeks, they absolutely can come into Kansas City and beat them. 100%. I'm with you. Rob, I watched uh, Candy Cane Lane a couple of days ago. On purpose? I did. Yeah, I know I did. I know we don't have a whole lot of time left, so I, this is the perfect time to tell you that I watched Candy Cane Lane. I can't say that it was good, but I also can't say that it's bad. 
I'm willing to give your Christmas movie a chance. More so than any other genre of movie that I'm uncertain about. Like, I don't know if I'm willing to give your scary movie a chance. I don't know if I'm willing to give your action thriller or your superhero movie. Like, I just now saw the Aquaman trailer. I don't know how you could be excited about seeing that movie. That movie looks bad. Just looks really, really bad as a movie. I Honestly, I think I'd rather go watch the Eras Tour than go watch Aquaman if given the two choices. It looked like one of the worst superhero movies I've ever seen. It looked like Black Adam underwater is what it looked like to me. I'm willing to give your Christmas movie a chance. Candy Can Lane was not bad. I would encourage it. A fine family film. I'd give it two popcorn bags. That's what I'd give it, Rob. Two popcorn bags. Maybe two and a half. You're watching it with the kiddos. Two and a half popcorn bags. Have you gotten into your Christmas movie bag yet? Because I'm, I'm there. I don't think I will watch another regular movie until after Christmas. I think for the next 13 days, I think I'll probably watch between like nine or 10 Christmas movies. I haven't reached there yet. My move is probably going to be wait until next Monday after the Chiefs beat the Patriots Monday night, watch the Christmas movie, Tuesday night, Christmas movie, and really gear up that whole week to like really get all the way into the season. But I have not made that pivot, not quite yet. And once I do, I'm pretty sure it's not going to involve Candy Cane Lane. I'm just playing a hunch. It's worth it. It's only an hour or so. Someone said, Carrington, have you seen 8-Bit Christmas? I have seen 8-Bit Christmas. That is also part of my now new Christmas routine. I was a big fan of 8-Bit Christmas. Have you seen it? I have no idea what 8-Bit Christmas is. 8-Bit Christmas is basically just revamped Christmas story. That's all it is. Oh, okay. So instead of the kid that really wants the Red Ryder BB gun, this kid really wants an NES. So it's like set in the 80s, and it's, it's good. I, I would encourage 8-Bit Christmas. Did you watch when they remade Christmas Story a couple of years ago? Depressing. Really sad. Yeah, no, I don't it, know why I watched it. To be fair, Christmas Story itself, if you look back at it, it's not like some pick-me-up in hindsight. It isn't? I haven't seen it in like five or six years or so. I watched Christmas Story so much as a kid. So when I was growing up, my holiday, this is how old I am. I'm going to make myself sound old, but I don't think I'm old yet. You remember when ESPN used to run on a loop when we were kids? I don't think people know that. ESPN used to run on a loop. Do you remember on Christmas and New Year, they would basically just do year in review? You remember that? It would be like 1998, year in review, and they would just show all the highlights and top stories. On Christmas, I would either watch one of three things. I would watch the NBA. I would watch the Sports Center Year in Review or Christmas Story. I think I've seen, because remember TBS or TNT, they run that Christmas story for 48 hours just on a loop. And that's my mom's favorite Christmas movie. So I think I've seen a Christmas story maybe 20 times. So I just, I don't, I'm, I'm okay. I don't need to see it anymore. Like I'm, I, I don't plan on watching it again. But they did the remake is very, very sad. Did you ever see it's basically uh, the Dickens story Christmas Carol with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell spirited last year? I never seen that. It's so I believe Apple Plus. I'm not confident. No, I never student. seen that. It's it's basically a Christmas Carol, but it's fun and different. It has Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. That's some different twists and turns. I enjoyed. Someone said, "See that? Have you seen Noel? It's on Disney Plus. Really cute. Is that the one with Ludacris? I think Noel's the one with Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick and is that Bill Hader? So you know I've seen it. 
I'm, what's what's the one with Ludacris text line? Because there's like a new Christmas movie with him. I I want to watch that one. That's the one I'm here for. I love Christmas movies. I'm a fan of them. I like getting my Christmas movie fill in like 25, 30 days, and then I'm done with them. Like I'll watch a lot of Christmas movies up until maybe the first of the year. Cause like, there's always like, Oh, I forgot, but you're still kind of in the Christmas mood. So on the 27th, you'll just watch a Christmas movie. Dashing through the snow is the ludicrous Christmas movie. Dashing through the snow. Okay. What is that on? Netflix. It'll appears. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll check that out. Someone said, what do you think of Hallmark Christmas movies? I've never seen one before. That's not the kind of Hallmark movie that I'm into. I'm in a hall. I'm into a Hallmark, and I actually do watch Hallmark movies. I'm into a Hallmark movie. Somebody's got to get abducted. Somebody's got to get abducted. Somebody's got to get abducted. Somebody's got to be locked in a closet or in a basement somewhere. Somebody had to be like swapped out at birth, and then they're trying to figure out who they who they really are inside. Those are the kind of Hallmark movies that I really like. Husband was abusive, and now they're trying to get payback. I basically want all my Hallmark, Hallmark movies to be like the movie Enough with Jennifer Lopez. That's what I. That's what, those are the kind of movies I love. Have you seen Enough before with Jennifer Lopez? Maybe. Oh, you would know if you've seen it. She cuts her hair like season five Olivia Benson oh, and just starts yeah. whooping her husband's ass. Yeah, yeah, seen, yeah. I love that movie. Jennifer Lopez is in way more good movies than we give her credit for. She's been in a lot of really good movies. Because she's also in so many bad ones. We're not going to do that. And a lot of the bad ones are her fault. Why did she not win an Oscar for Hustlers? She should have won the Oscar. Best actress. Cinematography was on fire. Incredible. Incredible. All right, y'all. We out of here. It's the drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.